0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Publishing Lane. With your host, Margie Lane Klubine, Executive Director of Bright Integrity Press. Good evening. This is Publishing Lane, and I'm Margie Lane Klubine here with multi published author and freelance editor Faye Lamb. Hiya, Faye. Hey there. And we have a great show for you tonight. Now, particularly those of you who have just returned from the American Christian Fiction Writers Conference or any other conference, or if you're planning on attending a conference in the near future, we're going to dig into some things that you can be doing, things that you should be doing, and things that if you're serious about your writing career, you absolutely must be doing. But before we get started with that, I have a few tidbits that I want to share with you. Now, these are just some little things, but I got to tell you, we have a missionary who writes for us, Um, Peggy Cunningham. She is wonderful, who writes for us at Right Integrity Press, and she does both devotionals and children's picture books. Um, Today, she is releasing the final book of her Hooray for Holidays children's series. It's like a read to me book. Oh, my gosh. It is beautiful. All of her four books are beautiful. And, oh, excuse me. I'm going to cough for a second. They're full of, (coughs) excuse me. And they're full of whimsical animals. They're full of stories about her home there in Bolivia and how the holidays that we celebrate hold a spiritual message, a spiritual meaning. I love what she did. In fact, my favorite is what she did with the New Year's Day story. Now, all of her stories are neat, but that one has to be my favorite. It's such a cool story. It's so inspired. So as you're listening, um, you might be able to take a look at some of the artwork from her books. I know that her covers are showing up on um, Amazon. Go to um, Hooray for Holidays, book four, and you can actually take a, a, a sneak peek into her books. Um, her illustrator is Melissa McConnell. Oh my gosh, she is such a talented young lady. So anyway, Peggy's book, Hooray for Holidays, book four, is discounted today and it's just to celebrate its release. So only the ebook is discounted, but it's also discounted for only 99 cents if you end up purchasing the print version. They're both available for Amaz- at Amazon and if you have kids or grandkids who love being read to, these books are just priceless for them. They will love it. But I also have, some other exciting news. I just have to share all of this. At Right Integrity Press, you know, I'm the executive director at Right Integrity Press. Faye is one of our amazing and brilliant authors. Um, and, and our company is actually expanding. So beginning with some of our November releases, we have new imprints to reveal. And it's really exciting because our authors are going to be able to bundle up under the different imprints for the genres and the types of books that they're writing. Um, we found that. We have a great nonfiction section, a strong nonfiction section of Christian living and devotional books. And then we also found that most of our fiction books are really focused in three different areas. We have a a, a section of mystery and suspense, and then we have a section that is heartwarming fiction and clean romance. And then we have the young adult, new adult Fiction. Uh, so what we ended up doing is we ended up crafting special imprints for all four of these different sections. We've set up a new imprint for our Christian living and our devotional and then we've kept our original imprint which is Picks and Pens Publishing. That was actually the original imprint for the company altogether way back when it started with its founder, um, Picks and Pens Publishing. And we're keeping that imprint because it's so very special to our history for our evangelical children's books. It's just perfect for that one anyway, Picks and Pens, get it. So anyway, right in the Right Integrity Press imprint that we currently use now for all of our fiction, that's gonna kind of fade as the series that we have that have been using it come to a conclusion. But I'm really excited about using all, all of these new imprints and gathering our authors up underneath them
0: yeah i believe that the addition of the imprints it shows the growth of right integrity press and now readers can zero in on their favorite genres or their type of book and it's yeah. awesome news for the right integrity press authors and for the readers because that's just I, I, I have to say I write for Right Integrity Press under this imprint. It just means so much. <laughs> yes. yeah, And, you know, and also it's going to make it
1: so much easier for readers to be able to say, oh, yes, that imprint, I'm going to love all the books in that particular imprint. Or it's going to make, you know, and the authors are going to be able to gather together, group together, brainstorm together because they all write under the same imprint. They all write under the same types of stories. I'm just loving it. I love the idea. Yes. Um, and it was shared with me and I love the fact that we were able to put it into effect, um, and it is coming into effect starting in November, and I can't wait to share you the name, share with you the names of our imprints but I'm gonna (laughs) I am actually going to wait Um, you're gonna have to wait until well I'm thinking about sharing it with you in November I may wait till December we do have actually two of our new imprints are going to be coming out in November so you'll at least hear about two of them in November Uh, but I'll probably end up sharing it with you with our inaugural lease next month during publishing lane you are going to want to hear more and we even have five new authors to tell you about in November. Um, two of them are going to have their inaugural books in November, and the other three are going to be early in 2019. I can't wait to share with you all of them. They are so much exciting. They are so exciting. Yeah. Wait a minute. There is so much excitement going on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and speaking of new authors, isn't Right Integrity Press expanding in another way in 2019?
1: Uh, yes, you know this has been a long thought out process and i i have I've really been praying about how to make it how to if we're gonna do it, how to do it, and how to make it special um but we're actually we want to use our expertise as a company to authors who have books that don't necessarily fit into regular channels. Maybe it's for a niche market. Um, Maybe more likely it's, there's such an influx of books right now. So many authors and books in our industry, even within the realm of Christian writing, that that a book may not quite fit into the scheduling that publishers have, but it's ready. Maybe the author wants to have the full approval over the end product, and their book is, is ready to go. Whatever the reason, traditional publishing doesn't necessarily work for that author or for that book. And there are many small and independent presses that are available to publish such a book. But Light and Protective Press wants to do things a little differently. Um, I know for some folks the name Subsidy Press, is a bad word because of so many companies that have taken advantage of authors, and we do not want to do that. Hello, we're right integrity, and so we're not going to do that. That's the whole point. Um, Our new subsidy press is going to be called Faith Driven Fiction. Fiction is all we're going to publish. We're not going to publish any nonfiction, not whatsoever. We're going to publish only fiction. Um, I might stretch it for memoir, but But we're not going to be publishing any nonfiction, no academic books, no Christian living books, none of that. Um, Even though this is going to be a subsidy press, which means that the authors pay for the publishing of their books and then they receive full royalties for their books. Um, Even though this is a subsidy press, we're still upholding the standards of right integrity press. These books, we're not going to publish anything that is not clean, wholesome, uplifting. And faith-driven fiction is for the Christian faith, too. And so it doesn't have to be a Christian book, but it doesn't need to be anything that's contrary to our faith. That's just part of who we are, frankly, because we don't have the scheduling to put every single book that might come our way on our schedule. We only have a bare few openings for publication each year, just like a traditional publisher, we're going to be very particular about the books that we receive. They are going to have to be um, books that can hold up, uphold our standards. They are also going to have to be books that are ready um, and authors that are ready. So just kind of sort of like a traditional publishing, it's only only a little bit different because the authors are going to have more control about what they want to do. So authors who who have chosen to publish with us can enjoy some of the most competitive pricing in the industry. Seriously, I've looked around. We know that a beginning author faces an awful lot to make his or her book profitable. That's just the way it is. So we want to give them every chance by keeping our prices as low as possible while maintaining the best in quality um, it, that's really important to us because our name is going on it too. Your name is going on it, and we want to lift you up. Our name is going on it too, and we want to make sure that our standard remains the same in quality and in in clean, wholesome, and uplifting books. We even have packaging deals, by the way, that include marketing and promotion. I love that. And we'll share suggestions about making the most of your book release. So I'm super excited about this opening this new avenue for our business. It's going to open in mid-January, but you're going to find out more about it probably in December. We're going to share even more about it, more details. Um, we're going to be talking, in fact, I'll tell you now, we're going to be talking next month. Say and I are going to be talking about different avenues that you can take for publishing. And that is traditional indie and uh, subsidy. And I'm not doing that to tout my new business. What I'm doing, or our new business, what I want to do is make sure that you know what benefit you can get from each of those different areas so that you can make a logical choice, a rational choice for what you're doing, for where you are, and for what your book is about.
0: And I love the fact that faith-driven fiction authors will be held to the standard of quality, both in the elements of writing and in the content of their stories. Yep. When an author publishes with faith-driven fiction, they'll know that they've been chosen because of that quality and content, and they're going to avoid what many self-published authors endure when they learn that what they produced is not quality. Uh-huh. Don't tell anyone, but I have experience <laughs> with that. I self-published many years ago, and while the content was very acceptable, my knowledge of the elements of fiction, it just wasn't there at that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's there now, uh, say, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to today's topic. We're talking conferences. Oh, my gosh. They can be so overwhelming. Now, I remember my first ACFW conference. Oh, So many people, and I gotta tell you, I walked through, I I am not introverted in a crowd. Now, I do need to recharge by myself, so I am an introvert, but you wouldn't know it to meet me. And so I stuck my hand out and introduced myself to as many people as I could, passed out my business card. The teaching was absolutely incredible, and I was delighted when the two editors that I got to speak with both asked me to send a full manuscript. Yay, cloud 9 woohoo! conferences can make a huge impact on your
0: career. Wouldn't you agree with that, Faye? I do, and there are several writers' conferences that I've attended either as a student of the craft or as someone who had a book to pitch, even as a board member and as faculty. Um, The one thing I want to add to this conversation is that each conference has a different feel. For Uh for example, the ACFW conference is wonderful, but it can be stressful. And my hillbilly word, I call it highfalutin, but that's not a disparagement. That's a compliment. As Uh far as I'm concerned, there's no other conference like it, but I'm going to suggest to new authors, I know we're talking about what to do after, but you all might be looking at conferences you want to attend this year. If you're new to the conference world, I suggest a smaller conference, one or two before you hit ACFW, where you're still going to meet industry professionals and other crazy writers like you, but ACFW is a high-stress environment. And while the industry professionals are always kept busy during any conference, W, they're a little harder to reach because they're generally kept sequestered during meeting times, which is about around the clock. Uh, And that affords authors their undivided attention during those meetings. But there are conferences like the Florida Christian Writers Conference that are much more laid back. Access Uh to the professionals is as easy as walking up to them in the hallway and chatting away. Of course, if they're not talking with someone else. <laughs> so, And yeah. then there's even smaller conferences like the Southeast Writers' Conference in Tuscaloosa. They're, it's so relaxed. Even the fa- faculty members feel like they're taking a breather.
1: But don't That's get cool. me wrong.
0: I've never attended a writers' conference as a faculty member without working from daylight to dawn. It's exhilarating. But it's something that you, as an attendee of those conferences, need to understand how hard the faculty members have worked for you even before they got to the conference. And we'll talk a little bit about why in just a bit.
1: Well, I got to tell you, I have I have loved every conference that I have gone to, and and I've been to a couple, I guess three now, ACFW conferences, I, I spread out over the years. So not every year,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I really enjoy it. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go this year. I really enjoy that conference, and it is a huge one, but it tends to fall during a particularly busy time of the year for my family. I have to tell you, though, my all-time favorite conference, Now I've never been to the Florida Conference, and I know that you've gone there several times, but my all-time favorite conference to date has been the Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Riders Conference in North Carolina. I'm giving a mm-hmm. shout-out. Edie Melson is the one that is um, in charge of that, I'm pretty sure, um, yes. uh, still. And, I oh, my gosh, I absolutely love them. It was in May, and I loved when I got to go. I learned so much. Um, we There was a group of us. There were eight of us in all, and we just hung together. We didn't really know each other except for being online together beforehand, and one of the gals was an agency mate because she had Terry Burns as her agent like I did. And so that's all. But that's it. I mean, we didn't really know each other. We became such tight friends. It was wonderful years later, we're still involved in each other's lives. we became some of us became critique partners, prayer partners. One of the gals moved here to Dallas, and she's now one of my best friends I mean it was absolutely awesome. I hope someday I'll be able to get to go back it was It was both relaxing and motivating and exciting, but it wasn't as overwhelming as the a c s w um but I have to tell you, this year I get to do something different. I've never, I've never been involved really, and in, I've volunteered and stuff like that, but I've never really been involved in any kind of conference. Um, this year I get to actually be involved in a conference. It's so cool. Um, the oh, Southern cool. California Christian Writers Conference next June. And it's in Fullerton, California. I had to look it up. It's actually in Fullerton, California, which is just next to LA, which I've never been to, and I'm a little freaked out about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so tickled to be invited, and I'm looking so forward to actually getting to go to parts of the conference. Um, I'm going to be helping out with the with the bookstore of all places, and so I'm excited. I get to be there a day early, and I get to meet all the faculty, and then get get to be involved with the faculty mixer and stuff like that. I am told that this is an exciting conference, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think you can sign up for it yet, but they do have a website. So it's the Southern California. Christian Writers Conference, and it's for next June. So I am really excited about that.
0: Well, I hope some, some Light Integrity books will be in the bookstore since you're going to be there. Oh, I'm
1: thinking so, just a tad.
0: <laughs> and what, conferences are expensive. Some are more expensive than others, and they give you insight into the craft of writing and the publishing industry, along with the opportunities to meet professionals within the realm of agenting, editing, publishing, or marketing. What you do with this information is what we want to talk about a little bit today, right now. It's When the conference is over, what you do can make or break your career. That's the solid truth yeah. of it. After financing your trip, your hotel stay, your meals, and the conference fee, it would be wise if you make the most of your experience. Don't just throw that money away. So we're going to share some important things that you absolutely must do in the weeks following your conference. And for those of you who have just returned from ACFW, you should already be on these or jump on them right away. We'll also share some things that you should do to get the biggest bang for your buck. These suggestions just plain look good on you. They're going to make you look gracious, personable, and professional. And we're going to show you some things that you can be doing to really squeeze out all the possible benefits from conferences. So let's start with those things, Margie. Okay, so I'm going to start with the things that what you just mentioned, the
1: things that you can be doing. These are things that you can be doing to squeeze out all the benefits, like Faye just said, from your conference. Um, If you went to the ACFW, you likely enjoyed two continuing education classes, hitting where you are in your career, three or maybe four workshops, a couple of panels of industry professionals, one or two appointments with maybe a mentor or an agent or an editor, and two or three keynote speeches from a fabulously successful member of the Christian publishing community. And I confess I don't know who the keynote speaker was this year, but I have never seen ACFW choose a keynote speaker that wasn't absolutely fabulous. I have loved every Mm -hmm. single one of them that I have heard. Chances are you have returned with your head buzzing. Boy, I sure did. I made pages of notes from my first conference, and I mean pages. But I was so overwhelmed that I didn't even look at them until months later, and I had missed the window to put some of them into action. So this is your first challenge. Okay, again, these are just the things that you can do, but my suggestion is scan your notes or at even just your memory, if you've got a brilliant memory, which I do not, apply at least one thing that you learned in one of your classes to your current manuscript or to your author platform. That's the challenge. Apply just one. And you can do more, but don't overwhelm yourself. Just find one that is incredibly beneficial. Oh, my gosh, yes, thats I have to do that. Find one. Remember that conferences aren't only about getting a manuscript into the hands of an author or an editor. Some attendees may not be ready for that step, and they, they may have to learn that truth as they sit in the classes, as they go to the workshop. So you need to find one thing that you can do to work toward your career at this point, whether in your manuscript or on your author platform.
0: And speaking of that one thing, the best advice I ever received was at an ACFW conference. James Scott Bell was there that year, um, and he offered this, this valuable piece of advice. Don't get discouraged. You're learning a lot of things. They're being thrown at you. There is a lot to learn. But if a rider will set their heart to learn one or two elements of the craft or of marketing or of anything that you are lacking, each year set it on one or two. Each year, the learning of those things will sharpen the other things that a lot, that a writer should master. Because the more Ooh. that you learn, the more that you have to learn. It's just I like love walking upstairs.
1: You know, and I have sat through one of James Scott Bell's um, workshops. Oh my gosh, he's amazing! I think I it think was we the were early bird. On. I think it yes, was the we early were the bird. Same
0: one. I think
1: I think you're right because it was my first one, and I'm look I'm listening to that going well. If I don't hear anything else, I've heard enough because it was so. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you, last year's ACFW here in Dallas, I had great classes and great teachers, but I was impacted most by a workshop on emails taught by Susan May Warren. Now, no lie. Every time I have ever gone to a class by Susan May Warren, I have gotten, it has made a huge effect on me. I've gotten something out of it, but this one was no different. I went straight home, and this is right there with what I'm telling you, look and do one thing that you learned. I went straight home and hopped on my newsletter program right away, and I eliminated all the templates full of all this special HTML and all the fancy fonts and the fancy layouts and all the big pictures and stuff like that. And started writing real letters to my readers every month. Things that I would write to my friends because that's what these readers wanted to be. They wanted to be friends. Now, I'm not going to share with you all of her instructions because that's her, that's her platform and that's her teaching, but they were solid gold. If you ever get to talk to Susie Mae Warren or if you uh-huh. ever get a chance to be in one of her classes, oh, my gosh, don't miss that one. She is so good. And since I started working my emails according to her suggestions, my sign-ups have increased over 200 subscribers, actually almost 300 at this point. The number of readers who, and this is the big one, the number of readers who actually click through to learn something more or to buy something has also increased by almost 50% of what they were before I started doing these just letters. And I don't do a whole big old sales pitch in it. It's just letters. They're just calm you know, hey, what's going on type letters. So choose one thing that you learned at the ACFW or at the conference that you've most recently gone to and put that puppy into action.
0: Yep, and here's a second hint, and you're going to be glad you did this if you have a memory like mine. My memory is shot. Um, I actually forgot a blog talk last year or last month, and bless Margie's heart, (laughs) she's very forgiving. But one of the things that people love to do at a conference is to give away business cards. Did you ever get any interesting cards, Margie? I bet you did.
1: Yeah, actually, one of my favorite ones is the square cards. I think those are really stinking cool cuz they kind of stand out <laughs> cuz they're square. But I also got one time I got a business card bookmark that had a tiny pineapple attached to it. And but it was her it was her business card, but it was the size and shape of a bookmark and I thought Good grief for the book industry. Why aren't we all doing that? <laughs> and I have to tell you, at the most recent conference, I gave away something different. I decided I wasn't going to make new mar- new new business cards. I ended up making up um, a box of sticky notes and uh, literally little bitty sticky note pads. And it had my website address on it. And then it had I Love a Good Mystery at the top. And they were a huge hit. And I didn't need anything else because on my website – is connect is contact information, and so anybody can get in touch with me through my website. And so all they had to do was click on that. But they ended up being a big hit. I loved those. I still have some.
0: I I do. I think that when we can be innovative with our business cards, it makes us stand out. Now I've got to admit, my favorite business cards have candy attached. Well, <laughs> let's not say candy. I said chocolate. Serious incitement <laughs> that says, "Remember me." <laughs> Yes. See, ours is such a small industry that one should never think that an industry professional's memory is short. However, yeah. sometimes our memories need to be jogged with a reminder of where we met. One of my most memorable friendships at conference came from a sweet lady whom I now consider a good friend, and her near ninety-year-old mother, who was a writer at the conference we met Florida Christian writers conference (laughs) and no, she wasn't pitching the story. Good. Honestly told me she prayed about meeting me and we marveled together that the Lord had seen fit for it to be in the conference restroom. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still amazed by that. And we just, she had invited me to her dear mother's uh, 90th birthday party and I couldn't make it, but we are still much in contact. And, um, I I will remember her because she she basically made a friend of me. Um, In case you don't make a memorable statement in the conference restroom, (laughs) which isn't always suggested but can be an exception to the rule, here's an idea. Take your stack of the business cards that you collected from other authors and industry professionals and jot a note about that person you met and where you met them. Note anything else you remember about them. You never know. You could have chatted with that person who will connect you with years, will connect you years later in a mutually—I can't talk tonight—mutually <laughs> beneficial way. <laughs> yeah, that's an excellent suggestion, though, Faye. I have to tell you,
1: Lena Nelson Dooley and I were flying off, and I, yeah, I'm not—I'm name dropping. I'm not really name dropping. Lena was a a mentor to me, and Mm -hmm. she she was a critique partner. She was one of the first people I met when I first started writing, and so she's still a really special person, a really good friend, but we ended up going to the Indianapolis Conference years and years back, and I was still pretty much a newbie. I think it was my second conference ever of any kind, and only the second year that I had been doing this, and I had been to one ACFW conference here in Dallas the year before, but... Um, Lena was kind enough to kind of take me under her wing. We roomed together, and she was partners with me. And when we got to the airport, she introduced me to another author that she knew who had um, who had used to live here in Texas doesn't anymore. Um, but it was it was Elizabeth Goddard, and Elizabeth Goddard is a pretty well known suspense and romance author, and I had never heard of her <laughs> because. Hello, I was just starting, um, but we talked, Elizabeth and I, well, Beth and I talked for a little bit, and we waved to each other during the week, we had a meal together, but I made a point to note who she was and where we met on the back of her business card, so that I actually could remember it, because usually I have a terrible memory, but if I write it down, I usually can remember it, so once I got back into town, I ended up downloading a couple of her books, her latest releases on my um, Kindle, and I started reading them when I got home. Oh, my gosh. I became a huge fan of Beth's books. I started reviewing them on my blog. Well, when she saw the reviews, she remembered me and asked me to join her street team. And this is now, you know, a year has passed. Almost two years have passed at this point, And she asked me to be part of her street team. Another year passed. She asked me to become a reviewer for the Suspense Sisters blog that she was part of. And so I got a chance to actually go in and be a reviewer for the Suspense Sisters, which were, you know, eight or at that point I think there were 11 of them. I'm not sure. There might not have been quite 11. There might have been just 10. But there were a number of multi-published authors together as Suspense Sisters, and I was getting to be their reviewer. I was their senior reviewer. It was the coolest thing. So when my very first book came out, I was then invited to become a suspense sister in my own right. That was the coolest thing, and Beth even wrote a recommendation for me. It was it was so much fun. Now I got to tell you though, I didn't connect with Beth or review for her with the hopes of getting something out of it. The Lord just allowed these things to fall in, into place, and I still pray for her. I pray for her family. I pray for her books. I enjoy waving to her on the internet from time to time, and I'm telling you, if I get a chance to go to another conference where she's at, I am all there. We will have to sit down and have coffee, because it's been a while. I'm afraid, though, with my memory, I would never have sought out an Elizabeth Goddard book had I not written down what I remembered about her, because it would have been way, way back in my memory, and I just wouldn't have remembered it. Um, But it brought her back into my head and i was able to make that connection there you know but once you know what you remember about the folks that you've met once you go ahead and jot all that down um it may take a take a few hours and or or maybe even you know, take a half hour at least and choose some of the ones that made the biggest impact on you. Now, I'm not talking about agents and editors here who can give you a leg up or benefit your career. I'm talking about authors, newbies or seasoned vets but authors just like you, and write a note to them encouraging them or just to keep the connection open, the ones that that made an impact on you or the ones that you made a really good connection with, to keep that connection open, Not again, not because it's going to be beneficial to you, but because it's nice to have, I mean, authors get other authors. That's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, and just to prove your point, Margie, you and I did meet at that Indianapolis conference, and there yes, may be ways and connections that you meet that you that the Lord knows are coming. Margie and I never uh-huh. knew that I would be writing for her company one day, so that's that's a blessing. And I but handed, I knew. You know, uh huh. Well, I was going to say, but I knew
1: that you know it, it, what i didn't know of course that i was even going to have a company but i knew every <laughs> time i heard the name Faye lamb the the face your face popped right into my head i remembered who no. you were because we did meet and we did have those connections it was neat
0: yes yes it was and a handwritten note in today's email paste world it's always a nice gesture but uh, sending a quick email is also a great way to further a connection or a friendship I have
1: to tell you, that handwritten note thing, Faye's exactly right. It's something that's odd today to send Uh a handwritten note, but I was a scrapbooking and card-making and and stamping consultant for a decade, and I will tell you what I used to say to all of my customers back then because it's just the truth. A handmade card, a handwritten note is like a gift. It really is, especially today. Now, an email is a sweet thing, too. But a handwritten card or a, hand, a handmade card or a handwritten note is truly like a present in your mailbox. It really is. Um, but getting back to what we were talking about, after the Blue Ridge Conference, I did something to this effect with the seven ladies that I told you about. Um, we ended up setting up a Facebook group just for the aid of this. So if, if you made some real strong connections, setting up a Facebook group is a great idea. Since we have set up that Facebook group, we have cheered on each other's book launches. We have worked together as critique partners. Two of them and I have been critique partners before. For well, for over a year, we were critique partners. Uh, we use each other's brainstorming help. Well, you know, I cannot think of this, and I really need some help. And we'll turn around and write it up on Facebook. And people, you know, all all eight of us will be giving examples and giving help. And we've prayed over each other. Um, like I said, two of the ladies that I, from there have become really close friends of mine. Um, one of them, Mary Hamilton, moved from uh, Houston, and I never, hardly ever saw her, or I think I saw her twice. But she ended up moving up to Waco, which is fairly close to me, and now we see each other almost every other month when we meet at a DFW chapter meeting. Um, for ACFW and we'll meet up here because she'll come up from, from Waco. Another one, Lil Kohler. She's one of our editors for right integrity press, Faye. And she's actually one of my best friends. She moved 20 minutes away from me from San Antonio. I was absolutely delighted when she moved up here. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. So, you know, you never know. These ladies are solid gold to me and all of them um, came from an easy contact on Facebook an exciting world um, from an exciting week that we actually got to share together. And, yeah, it was kind of an exciting world, too, because Blue Ridge is just gorgeous. Likely you can think of, others, of other things that you can do, um, extra things that will, make, that will prove valuable to your career. Like did you learn anything about podcasts? Well, make one. Did you learn anything about websites? You know, put that into practice. Did you learn anything about public speaking? Then pursue some options for a presentation. Now, But as I suggest all of these things, I also caution you. Don't overwhelm yourself because you are a writer first. And you don't need to stop writing. You don't need to stop honing your craft.
0: Margie's right because those are all things that you can do, but the truth is it's impossible to do it all. So you need to be choosy with what takes up your writing time. And you don't want to start with your can-dos. You want to start with the things that you must do. But, but before we get to them, here are some things that you should do after any conference that you attend. Send a thank-you note to your instructors and mention or pinpoint something that was a true blessing to you. Those who provide keynotes or other, speech or, yeah, or other speeches, those who teach continuing classes and workshops, they put a massive amount of time into the preparation for conference. That's what I was talking with when we for, about when we first began. Yeah, acknowledging that hard work is an encouragement to those who worked hard to bring knowledge and encouragement to you. Again, ex- you're also expanding connections. Connections are the biggest blessings of conferences.
1: Along those same lines, you'll also definitely want to send a thank you, um, a note to the editors, agent, agents, yeah. or industry professionals um, that you talk to in either the appointments or, or even at meals. You'll want to send a thank you to connect with them. Um, this is not a have to, this is a should. Uh, this is going to make you look good. It's going to give you a good opportunity to make a good impression with them. Um, it's just part of being professional. The people you've spoken to won't necessarily expect you to send a note, but they're going to appreciate it. Of course they are, because people do that, and you can give them yet another reason to remember you. Now, I have a story here. Um I have a writer friend, and and the story is a little foggy, so bear with me. Um, but I have a writer friend who went to conference, and she ended up meeting with an editor. At the end of the conference, she happened upon this lady who was attempting to do something with her camper, and I, I can't remember what it was. Like I said, it, it's a little fuzzy, but from what I remember, my friend took the time to stop what she was doing and go ahead and help this lady do what she needed to do as camper. She hadn't met the lady at the conference, she didn't exchange business cards. She didn't expect a thing to come from this encounter. But the lady remembered her. And when this camper lady's assistant editor received a thank you note from my friend, a real snail mail card with her business card inside. The woman from the camper recognized my friend on her business card. Maybe I should explain this a little further. The senior acquisitions editor of the publishing company recognized my friend from the business card. The lady with the camper was actually a senior acquisitions editor. I don't guess I need to tell you my friend is now a multi-published author. Now, her books were the reason that she, were, that she was published, and they are outstanding. But her spirit, her giving spirit, her kindness, she didn't help that lady in the camper because she knew who she was. She had no idea who she was. She was a newbie that year. But she helped her, and she had the spirit of, of, of generosity and just a spirit of kindness, and she followed up with that thank you note that recalled, it, recalled her to the minds of these editors. Those are the things that got her foot through the door just by being genuine and authentic and loving people like herself.
0: And think about this too. Um, you're gonna to sit down in front of editors and agents at many conferences and not all of them are going to want what you submitted to them, still, sending a thank you note for their time is another good way to make a professional good impression because there may be a time when you'll have something else to submit and they will remember you. Um, There are still more actions that you can take with all the training materials and notes that you've collected too. You can organize your notes from your classes and workshops. Set up a training file on your computer and add all those bits of solid gold. This is what James Scott Bell talks about. And even seasoned authors need to grow in their writing. Just a little bit each year will add, will get you further along the game, in the game than someone who doesn't try at all. And you will see that it will build up. Every element of your writing will expand. I, I'd say for example, if you say, I really need to work on deep point of view this year, uh, deep point of view will bring up every element of your writing. So what you're doing is actually you're working on all of the elements of writing, but you're focusing on deep point of view, and it really will grow your ability.
1: Well that is and I'll again, hooray for James Scott Bell, because that's another brilliant mm-hmm. idea. I mean, after all, yeah. You've paid for all the classes that you've taken. Make the most of them. Organize that information into useful piles so you can better access what it is that you've learned.
0: Yep, and that brings us to our last point. Um, But this is the most important one, folks, so listen here. These are things that you simply must do. So often conference goers leave with their heads and just lay the aftermath aside for a month or more to let their brains recalibrate. Don't fall into that trap. You have set things in motion and you must follow up right now.
1: Right now. And the first follow-up, and this is a must-do, fulfill every request that has been made as soon as you can. Now, If you've been asked for a proposal, then examine the submission's expectations from the editor, from their website, and send in that proposal packet right away. Make it stellar. Make it the best you can, but send it in right away. Do not delay. If you've been asked for a complete manuscript, send it. The sooner you send what's been asked of you, the better your chances are that the editor you met is actually going to remember you when they get what they've asked for and that way that you've engaged at your appointment you you can you've en- and let me put this better you have engaged this editor or this agent at your appointment at conference and they're not going to remember you if they don't hear from you again or if it's several several months down the road after you've engaged Make the most of that. Let them remember how you engaged. Let them remember about the book you pitched and get all excited about it enthusiastic again.
0: And the most important part of that follow-through is following through correctly. Margie said it. Don't assume that because you've met face-to-face with an editor or an agent that you have earned the right to do things your way. A good impression is the main goal. You may still be rejected if you do everything correctly, but if you lack mm-hmm. the respect to follow the rules, you may not be asked to resubmit that manuscript or any others. So be very I, careful with so the way right. you submit.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, I, I, I've got to—I got to tell you, this is a big one for me. We have worked hard on our rules of submission. Everything that we ask for are are things that we actually absolutely need for any manuscript that we end up publishing. And it also gives us, and here's the big one, it gives us a real good idea if we want to work with the people that are trying Uh to propose. Um, And I know that sounds horrible, but I have to work with the people that are proposing their projects. If their projects are incredible, you know, the next Harry Potter but they don't know how to be respectful enough to just simply follow the simple things that we ask them to do, they can let somebody else make the money. Because I don't want to work Uh with somebody that's not even going to try. Um, And to be honest, I'm sorry, but... As a, as the editor, as the acquisitions editor, I actually have the choice of who I'm going to get to work with, and so do you. Isn't that nice? You get to you get to yes. choose. I mean, we get to we get to choose who we get to work with, and I say that for Faye because she's a freelance editor and she gets to choose who she gets to work with. Um, But I also have to tell you one other thing. Other folks might tell you that if you send in the request, the proposal or the manuscript or something like that within six months to a year, you'll be fine. At least that's what I had other writers telling me as we neared conference time the very first time I went to the conference. But like I said before, that's just not the truth. If you wait... With all the queries and proposals that most editors receive, you have completely missed the opportunity to capitalize on all the money that you spent to go to conference and meet this editor face-to-face. You've had a face-to-face introduction. Stay high on their profile list. Stay high on their horizon. Make sure that they still see you when you're on Facebook and stuff like that because you've already reconnected with them and made contact again.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, you want to get that manuscript to the professional requesting it as quickly as possible, but hold on a second for you, the author. I'm well aware, and I see it way too often at conferences, because an author will polish the first three chapters or whatever chapters the guidelines say a professional is seeking. But they'll leave the rest of it unpolished and plan to work on it should they get the request to send the full manuscript. And my advice is to prepare for the best scenario and only share manuscripts that are ready to be received. The chances are against an author that an agent or an editor is going to ask for the full manuscript on site because of travel and things like that. But they might ask you to send it to them immediately following the conference, and you need to do that if they're asking for it, you want to get it into their hands right away. Have it crafted to go so now we've gone through
1: the things that you must do um, we're going to speed things up just a little bit here because okay. we want to give you a little bit more information. We've gone through the things that you must do, the things that you should do, and the things that you can do but We want to talk a little bit more about how you can react to your conference experience because if you've had some good experiences, there are some ways you can capitalize. Now, notice I said can. These things would definitely fall into the can-do category. They would be great. And they could very well make good connections to help you stand out, but not at the expense of the things that you should do or the things that you must do. The biggest must is for you to keep writing. But if you've had good experiences, do what I did and set up a group with some of the folks you hang out hung out with all week. You never know what kind of uh, connections you end up will making you will end up making with them later on. Um, write up and share some blogs about the weeks. Other authors who didn't get a chance to go, or even newbies who aspire to be where. You you are are going to be excited about this. Even have a series of blogs for the folks that didn't get to go um, or people that might be interested in going next year. Now, I caution you on this, though. Don't share things that other authors – um, like i didn't share susan may warren 's uh, points on mm-hmm. her emails don 't share what you 've learned in class beyond that you learned something brilliant or beyond a little note here or a little tidbit here don't sell don't share your entire list of notes because that 's somebody else's story um, but set up some Facebook shout outs set them up to some of the inspiring authors that you met, some of the industry professionals that you met. Now, I'm not sure I would do this for agents or editors simply because they might assume that you're just having ulterior motives, um, and that's, that's not going to be good. You don't want to give them the impression that you have ch- hidden agendas. But certainly give out hollers to other authors just like you who might enjoy seeing a little bit of encouragement and might need
0: it. Yeah, these are good actions to take, and I agree about avoiding those ulterior motives, the personal agendas. Um, really quickly, uh, when you're when you're thinking about these shout-outs or what you're going to do, examine your motives for capitalizing on a situation. I've encountered a few people at conferences who will capitalize for personal gain's sake only. They want to cozy up to someone who can further their career. They're mm-hmm. obvious about it, and at industry professional can see them a mile away so a way to balance this if you're an attendee is to ask what can I do for others that I've met at conference why do I want to help this person and then imagine that this person doesn't reciprocate what will your reaction be to that non-reciprocation that last question alone can narrow down your motivation
1: well put I am so put off by manipulation and personal agendas. I cannot even describe it. But especially in the Christian book realm where the Holy Spirit will reveal falseness, you don't ever want to be guilty of um, guile like Nathaniel. You want to be without guile because the Holy Spirit is going to reveal your falseness. But you Uh can also use the not so great experiences, by the way. After all, These can make you and your story stronger. So don't be defeated. Critiques on your manuscript give you the greatest opportunity to pinpoint your improvement. Now, they're not easy to take. I get that. I... Boy, do I get that. But the better you learn how to accept them, the more teachable you will prove to be. And I'm going to tell you right now, a teachable writer, a teachable author, they look so good to agents and publishers because they don't know. A teachable author is going to necessarily know everything there is to know about the industry, yeah. but they're open and willing to learn it. And when you make the suggested changes, send a proposal to the editor again with the information on how they helped you in
0: your rewrites. Ask them to reconsider your project anew, and that's great advice. In my other life as an also an acquisition editor, I very rarely send a rejection letter. I send a feel-free-to-submit letter. Therefore, it's obvious that it's also very rare for me to send a form letter. I actually pinpoint not only what I feel needs improving, but I'm also looking through the lens of the publisher I work for. So what I suggest is not a light suggestion, and if an author chooses to take my advice to heart, unlike the request for a full or partial manuscript at conference, the key is not to see how quickly you can return the revised manuscript. The key to a resubmission is to take your time and do it correctly. If an author isn't sure of what the professional is requesting, taking the time to understand it is imperative. A request for resubmission is a gift.
1: And when I send
0: my feel free to submit, I can always tell by the length of time alone that it takes the author to return the manuscript if my suggestions have been followed. That is a brilliant point. Okay. So we've kind
1: of reached the end of our time. But I do want to remind you again, if you need a gorgeous children's book, you go ahead and download our newest release, Hooray for the Holidays, by Peggy Cunningham. Um, But we have three new releases next month, and I'm so excited about these. First, we have the final book of The Prayer Project by Harriet Michael and Shirley Crowder. This project came about from Harriet's Bible study. It's called Prayer, It's Not About You. And she released this back in May of 2016. Um, Before I even came to write Integrity Press. But from that, Shirley, her lifelong friend, crafted a study guide on prayer using Harriet's book. I loved that. Then they Uh together put together glimpses of prayer. And that's a 30-day devotional that encourages believers into a season of focused prayer. And then this book that's coming out in November is the final book of the series. It's called Prayer Warrior Confessions. And it's a collection of true stories from the front lines of God's work. These are from people like missionaries and ministry leaders and even laypersons from across the globe that they have contributed their stories of miraculous intervention, of healings, and just sheer hope. Prayer Warrior Confessions launches on November 6th at a drastically reduced price, and one of the other books in their series will be free on November 5th and 6th to celebrate the launch and the, com- and the completion of their series. So I'm excited about Prayer Warrior Confessions. It's going to be available in print and also on an ebook. And different from some of our books, it's going to be available on ebook on Amazon, but also on Kobo, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, and other retailers. It's not going to only be on Amazon. And then in mid-month, we're going to start up a brand new series. Yes, this is one of our inaugural series under one of our new um, imprints. This one is a cozy mystery blended with a little bit of romance and a search through a family tree. One Leaf Too Many is what it's called, and it's the first book of the relatively seeking mysteries. I love that series title. It's so much fun. I love her her book title too. It's one of our newest writers who have written this. multi-published author Julie B. Cosgrove um, has written this, and she's done a brilliant job with the story, mixing two things that I personally love, mystery and genealogy. One Leaf Too Many is also... Are going to be, like I said, the inaugural book of one of our new imprints. And it comes out on November 13th. And then on November 20th, we have another inaugural book of another brand new author and another one of our new imprints. Um, this is from talented speaker, Bible study teacher and author, Andrea Tom. And she's from Canada can Canadian? <laughs> she's from yeah. No, that's it. She's gonna okay. She's gonna get me from that. But she's from Canada. She's Canadian. She is delightful, and she has begun the Hope Rising Bible series with a study on oh, one of my favorite books, the study of the book of Ruth. You are going to find this study outstanding. It's entitled Ruth, Redeeming the Darkness, and it's going to also be at Amazon, um, available in paperback and ebook. But it's also going to be even an ebook on Kobo, Barnes and Noble's, iBooks, and other retailers. So I'm really excited about this. That sounds and like then,
0: one that I would love to have for our lady study at church. Boy, that would be oh, great. You must.
1: You know, Faye, I'm also, our company is also offering discounts for bulk purchases of that book, so you just let me know if they want it. We can give you all, we can give you all the discount that we're offering for bulk purchases i am excited about this book i loved putting it together i actually loved all three of these books i loved putting them together um and i do have to tell you really quickly because we're almost out of time and i didn't write this down um we have another book that's coming out this month and i can't dare not forget it because it is wonderful it's another series that is ending um and it is by cynthia t Tony. She is ending her
0: Birdface series.
1: Oh, my gosh, this series has been so neat. It is a YA series, a Mm coming-of-age series. And this last book is called Three Things to Forget. And so if you're familiar with Cynthia T. Tony, let's see if I can get all of her cover names, her title names. The first one was Eight Notes to a Nobody. The second one Mm -hmm. was Ten Steps to Girlfriend Status. The third one was Six Dates to Disaster. And this last one is Three Things to Forget. And this one is such a wonderful culmination of these books. Old old characters from earlier in the series are coming back. And uh, Wendy, who is the main character, has just grown into such a a lovely young lady. And she engages in challenges that... You know, young people, YA, young adult, it's clean fiction, it's clean romance, it's clean and uplifting and supportive and wholesome, and Wendy is really going to connect with the young ladies of today as she endures some of the challenges that they likely endure as well. That book comes out in two weeks and you're going to want to make sure you get it on its launch day because it's only going to be 99 cents on its launch day. At least I hope it is. That's what I'm intending. So it's going to be at a deeply discounted price. How's that? It's going to be as deeply discounted as I possibly can make it, and hopefully that means 99 cents. Um, and, and that's also the very
0: series.
1: Yes, and also the very first book of that series is going to be free that day. So we have set that aside to make the to make Eight Notes to a Nobody free that day. So don't miss this. This is in just two weeks to make sure that you grab Cynthia T. Tony's. You could actually get her complete series for less than ten bucks, or yeah, for less than ten bucks. So you want to make sure that you grab hold of that. Um, and then next month we're going to be delving into the different facets of publishing, like we talked about, to help you discern which type might be the best fit for you because, you know, whatever your situation is, whatever your story is, whatever your book's about, it may fit with one type much better than the others. You're going to be with me, right, Faye?
0: Hi. That's a subject I'm passionate about, so I'd love to join you here. Yay. This is going to be on Tuesday, November 6th at 7
1: p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm going to have another headset by then, so I hope that my (laughs) talking on the cell phone hasn't been too difficult to hear or to understand, but I will have another microphone by then. Um, We are on Blog Talk Radio. We're on the Along Comes a Rider network. Until then, though, this has been Publishing Lane with Margie Klupine and Phelan. Bye, Margie, and goodbye to all. (laughs) We'll chat again
0: next month. (laughs)
1: that we will oh but if any of you guys have any questions don't forget because if you end up having any questions at all for us you can write us at downpublishinglane at gmail.com now remember in that lane is my middle name l-a-i-n-e so don't miss that but it's downpublishinglane at gmail.com we would love to uh, answer your questions so Bye, y'all, and bye, Faye, and we're going to talk to you guys all very soon. This has been Publishing Lane with your host, Margie Lane Klubin, Executive Director of Right Integrity Press. If you'd like to learn more about Margie and her publishing company, visit rightintegrity.com. That's W R I T E. I-N-T-E-G-R-I-T-Y dot com.